often are we as Christians guilty of talking about the gospel with each other, but never actually sharing it with others. So today on the Emmaus Institute for Disciple Making podcast, we're going to be joining Robert Bowen as he begins his series over evangelism and helping us see practical ways of sharing the gospel. All right, so, um, so like I said, I, I think every time we do an evangelism class or we talk about the gospel, one of my pet peeves, I have a lot of pet peeves, is... Um, that churches and uh, Christians talk about the gospel a lot, and they never, they don't really actually share it. Um, so, so one of the things we're going to do is is, is do that um, as part of this class, and it'll be a little bit of an extended gospel presentation. This is not something that you have to try to go through all of this detail, but um, but there are times when there's aspects of this that that can be important when you're having conversations with uh, with different people. Some things resonate more than others. Um, so let me just let me just start off. Um, Let's just start off. I'm a presuppositionalist. I, I believe God is, exists and God is evident. Um, you can debate who God is and, and how God is involved in the universe and all that kind of stuff and how he speaks and how he presents himself. I don't know how anyone can look at creation either at the microscopic level or at the macro um, you know, world of the universe and not see a creator. So generally I'll have a conversation with somebody and I'll, you know, they'll say I'm an atheist, I'm agnostic. I'm like... How did, how did this building get here? Well, there's a builder. Um, how did a painting... Who wrote that on that wall? Well, someone wrote it on the wall. And it is incredibly difficult for anyone to, have, to look at the universe and say, there isn't a creator. There has to be something that is transcendent um, beyond space and time. And, uh, and if, you know, it's not something that I think you always have to get into a deep conversation with people. Um, you can get into concepts of infinite regress and, 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 you know, ultimately, even if somebody says, well, I believe in the Big Bang, it's like, well, the Big Bang of what? When was nothing? You believe nothing created nothing? And you think I'm crazy for believing that God created everything? Um, but, so, you start with some idea of God. Um, and I believe that the Bible is God's inerrant word, and uh, so I'm going to believe most of my, most of my stuff's going to come from Scripture. Um, so I generally I'll start there. I believe that God is clearly holy in Scripture. Um, God has defined what holiness is, uh, and and He has communicated His holiness to us, um, and He has tried to make that clear. God is a communicating God. He's communicated through His Word. He's communicated through the Holy Spirit. He's communicated through His creation. He's communicated through through me talking to you. He's communicated to your parents. Somebody's talked to you about, about God. Um, so God wants to talk and communicate to you. And, uh, and, and God is holy. And the way that he communicates that, a simple way of doing it, is taking the Ten Commandments. Um, uh, you know, we can get into all the Levitical laws and things like that, but if we start with the Ten Commandments, it's a very basic test to see how you measure up to God's perfect view of holiness. Um, and, and I believe that I like Way of the Master, one of the techniques, we can talk about that later on in the, in the series, um, but, but I, I like the idea of asking people simple questions. So I'll ask you guys, have you ever told a lie? Yes. What would that make you if you were a liar? What could you call me if I lied to you? Yeah. More specifically, a liar. a liar. You ever stolen anything? I used to shoplift when I was in seventh grade. Um, I was, I really wasn't that good. I got caught pretty fast. Um, but I, I used to shoplift, so I, I would steal. Um, and I, it doesn't really matter how much you steal. Um, 
you're still you're still stealing. I, even if it's stealing music off the internet, if it's uh, you know stealing time from work because you're saying you worked more hours than you did, I, there's all those kind of things. If if you stole something, what would that make you? A thief. A thief. Um, you ever have you ever murdered anybody? But do you know what Jesus said? That if you hate someone, um, you're guilty of the same punishment as a murderer. So, so you may have a murderer at heart, maybe in traffic, or, or where you just you get you call someone an idiot, idiot, and you 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 maybe even hate that person for a moment. Um, God's level, Jesus, when he came and taught on the Sermon on the Mount, he raised the bar beyond just the the Ten Commandments to take it to the point of what is your motive, what is your heart. Um, about things. And so his God's level of holiness is so much more than we can ever imagine. Um, well, last, ask one more, and you don't have to answer this one. Um, you ever committed adultery, right? If you're talking to somebody a, a little bit older than, you know, 14, 15, 16, you can ask this question. Um, but, but they may say, no, maybe I've never fornicated, I've never, never been married, you know, those kind of answers. But then you go to the, go what Jesus taught. Jesus said, that, that if you ever looked upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already with her in your heart. Have you ever looked with lust upon a, another person? And Because um, that lays out the bar. So, a simple way of looking at this is by your own admission. Um, we can go through some more, but by your own admission, you're, you're already a liar, a thief, a, a murderer at heart, maybe an adulterer at heart, maybe a full-fledged adulterer. Um, I can go further. Have you always honored your father and mother? Well, the other four, you haven't, right? I mean, were you honoring your father and mother when you were lying and stealing and lusting? And No. Um, have you always made the, the Sabbath day holy? You know you haven't. Um, have you always made God first in your life? Oh, my goodness, we all fail at that. Have you ever blasphemed, used God as a filthy cuss word, used him, used him without giving him due honor? Um, so you can just go on and on. So all of that, we go through that. You've, you've, you've lied, you've stolen, you've lusted. Um, and if God used those rules in the Ten Commandments and in Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, if we use those rules, would you be innocent or guilty of violating God's laws? Guilty. Everybody says guilty. Now the fun question. Here's the fun question. Do you deserve heaven or hell? Most people say heaven, right? And that's where the conversation, just out of, con- out of character a little bit, that's where the conversation goes. Do you deserve heaven or hell? People will almost always say heaven because they believe that God is a, has this balance. And whenever you talk to people, I heard someone else say this, they said, Humans generally will admit their sin, but they always believe that they're just good enough to outweigh, that their good is just good enough to outweigh. And that's because they have no understanding of holiness. Because we are wretched, vile sinners that deserve hell. And I believe that that is the most important thing, because until you understand that you need a Savior... You're just getting some get-out-of-jail-free card. Or you're just doing some cultural thing like raise your hand, pray a prayer. You know, uh, everybody else did it, da-da-da-da-da. But it's not real because you are not clinging to the cross for your own, your only means of salvation. So it, it's painful. It's uncomfortable. But, but to push the issue of saying, 
Do you deserve heaven or hell? And if they say they deserve heaven, we can talk about, you can talk about things like this. God is a righteous judge. How can a righteous judge look upon your iniquity, your sin, and then go, I'll give him a pass? Would a judge that did that, that, I'll go crazy, because you can, you can get into math. I've done this before. I've said, on average, how many, how many lies do you tell me a day? You're 20 years old. Let's say, you're, let's go only back to when you're 10. So you've lived 10 years of, of accountability. We'll keep it simple. And you say you've lied three times a day. That's a thousand times a year. That means you've lied 10,000 times willingly in your life. So this isn't, I let it slip once. I, I've lied 10,000 times. So you stand before a righteous judge and you go, I know I've lied 10,000 times, judge, but I helped a little lady across the street or I didn't kick a dog that I was mad at. Or I, and you, you're, you're standing before a righteous judge and you're, you're trying to bribe them with your good works. And, and God can't do that and be righteous and be just. If, if a judge, I don't want to go too sensitive, but the, the shooting in Florida, if a judge said, I know you, you murdered 17 people, but I heard you had another 400 bullets in your gun. So you probably could have killed another 200 people. Thank you for not killing those extra 180 people. I'll let you go. Would anyone believe that judge was righteous? No. So you can't stand before God and say, I know I've messed up, use those great American words. I know I've I, I'm been perfect. Yeah, I mess up. But I'm really a good person. And then stand before a judge and expect him to be just and let you go. So you deserve hell. You deserve God's wrath because of the choices that you've made. Luckily, it doesn't stop there. And now you ask, what do you know about Jesus? What did Jesus do? And you can talk about the fact that there is an opportunity for forgiveness. But, but don't, don't give Jesus so early that it looks like he's just like a dessert. Jesus is the only way for you to be saved from the wrath of God because of your sin. And, and when you ask, does it con- so do you deserve heaven or hell? If, if you can at least get someone to say, I deserve hell. The next great question to ask him is, does it concern you? Does it concern you that you deserve hell? Because, because if it doesn't concern you, they're hard-hearted, and there's no part of them that is saying, that is saying yeah, whatever, uh, you know, hell, hell's a kegger, um, you know, and, and they're basically blaspheming God to your face. You do not always have to, you know, give your pearls before swine. If somebody has no heart of, of, of sorrow over their sin, if somebody, there's, it, it, you can just go, look, I'll, I'll pray for you. But, but if, if there's a concern, that's when Jesus can come in. And you can talk about the fact that, that what did Jesus do? God, God looks upon the world. He loves us so much that the only, that he had to reconcile. We, we can't be reconciled on our own. There's nothing I can do. I can't bribe God by doing enough good deeds to outweigh. So if I'm a Muslim who says, who says that I'm, I have a hope for religion that says, I hope I do enough good things. I hope I, 
I, I, I, I pray enough times. I hope I give enough, you know, alms. I, there's no way I can stand before a righteous judge and, and, and expect that because my sin makes me guilty. So with all of that being the case, the only way I, could be, I can be saved, I can be saved from the wrath of my sin, is because I receive a gift of forgiveness. But a, a righteous judge and a, a, a God can't just give away, he's not just handing out candy. The, he, in order to be just about his sin, about being a judge, he has to punish those sins. And he loved us enough to send his son, fully man, fully God, to die on the cross with no sin so that he could be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And he poured out the wrath that was destined for us on his son because of an overwhelming love for us. And that wrath, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is because the perfect fellowship that has lasted forever, infinite past, was broken because Jesus Christ had to take the full wrath of the Father's punishment that was destined for us on Him. What a gift on the cross. It wasn't just a physical salvation. Many people were crucified on the cross. It wasn't just a physical thing. It was the fact that Jesus Christ took all that wrath so that it could be finished and there can be a way of salvation for us. Now, there's the offer of salvation. How do I respond? What do I need to do, quote-unquote, what do I need to do in response to the, to the plan of salvation, the gift of Jesus on the cross? I am a very simple person. I use two words, repentance and faith. Um, I don't really do ABCs, but um, repentance and faith. And I'll talk about repentance first. Repentance is, it's a turn which means that you know that you are going the wrong direction. You acknowledge that you're going the wrong direction. You, you're willing to stop going in the wrong direction. You're willing to turn to go in the right direction. And you're thankful to the, to the, to the gift of going in the right direction. Here's a, a stupid example that I, always, I like to tell people. Um, people that know where they're going in America now. It, we're in Atlanta. If uh, tomorrow I said, hey, we're going to go to Disney World. And uh, so we're going to drive to Disney World to Orlando, and uh, we're going to meet at the church, and we're going to drive to Disney World. And, uh, and I'm driving. So I get in the, I get in the car, and uh, you're all sitting there, and maybe you fall asleep. And uh, you wake up, and uh, we're, on, um, we're on I-75 um, heading into Nashville, right? Um, and there's mountains, snow-capped mountains maybe this time of year, maybe not. Um, and and you all wake up, and you look around. You see a road sign. Um, and you're like, hey, Robert, um, we're going to Orlando. I'm like, yeah, I'm going on, I, I'm on I-75. We're going to Orlando. Um, isn't this I-75 north? Yeah, yeah. You know, Orlando's south of Atlanta. At that point, you've given me enough correction. So here's what I have to do. I have to admit the fact that you're telling me the truth, that I'm going the wrong direction. I have to accept the fact that I-75 North ain't going to get me to Orlando. So that's the first thing. I have to admit that I'm going the wrong direction. The second is, I have to stop going the wrong direction. So I stop, pull off on an exit, turn around, right? I start heading in the, wrong, in the right direction. And then the last thing I should, I should do is I should be thankful to the person. I should be thankful to the one who told me that I was going in the wrong direction. And in, in, in my mind, that's a simple way of thinking of repentance. You, do you know that your sins 
are, are building up judgment and wrath from, from God? Are, do you have godly sorrow about your sins? Are, are you sad about that? Are you willing to try to stop? We do not live a perfect life with, as Christians. But we should be struggling with the level of the, the things that we do that are sinful. Um, and so in repentance, that's what we do. We're going we're gonna to realize that we're going in the wrong direction. We're going to stop going the wrong direction. We're going to go in the right direction. And then we're going to worship and praise Jesus for giving us, for sending us in the right direction. And then faith. Faith's a simple word. Um, I like to think of it as trust. I think everybody in here, I'm, I'm the biggest person in the room, so y'all don't, you know. But, but in all honesty, I sat in this chair without the slightest concern about the chair breaking. Like, I sat in it. I didn't, I didn't like, test it first. I didn't, because I placed my faith in the, tr- in the chair that it would be able to hold me. And, and when we think about Jesus and salvation, we should be placing our faith and trust in Jesus as the only means to save us. Not going to church, not doing a devotion, not coming to a class, not whatever. Those are things that we do as a natural outpouring of the love and worship of Jesus for the gift of salvation. But salvation is a gift by faith, right? It is grace, right? It is an unmerited favor. It is a, it's a gift that we don't deserve. So, so but... We should place our faith and trust in that. And we should not be trying to earn salvation. We try to earn God's favor in any way other than a natural outpouring of worship and obedience to Him as we study His Word. So what I'll say is, for you guys here, are you sure that you've tasted and seen that salvation from Jesus? Are you sure? that you've, you've gotten downwind of yourself, another phrase that you sometimes can use, where you, can, you smell the, the sin and the stench of your life and the fact that you, how, how much you've missed the mark, and you, you know that you desperately need a Savior. An example of that is if somebody walked up to me and said I had chromosomes disease, I'd, without Googling it, I'm like, I don't have a clue what that is. But if they sat and they talked to me and they said, yeah, your pancreas is, is going to explode if you don't take these pills within the next month, right? And they show me an MRI and they say all that. I'm going to say, what do I need to do to get, these, get this prescription? Because I now understand that I desperately need it. So was there ever a time in your life where you realized the depravity of your sin and that you realized that Jesus Christ was the only way to be saved? and that you repented of your sin and placed your faith and trust in Jesus. So what I'll ask you to think about is make sure that's true for you. Like, I don't remember who said it at the beginning. I said, maybe somebody will get saved. So the purpose of this is, well, I mean, the purpose of anything should be folks getting saved or to know for sure your salvation. Um, so I'll ask you to think about that. Um, think about what I've said. Um, if there are questions, um, Let's talk about it. And, uh, um, but I don't know. That's a long gospel presentation, right? Um, techniques, one of my experience, I've taught a lot of evangelism classes. Um, there are a lot of different techniques, and it's hilarious to me that Christians, well meaning 
godly Christians will get wonky and yell at each other and argue about methods. So, this I am not pitching like Way of the Master. I, I think like a Way of the Master model works really well if you want to do evangelism that you're walking up to a stranger and you want to try to engage in that conversation. I think it works okay talking with somebody else. It's it's an okay model, um, but it's not the only way. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through the class. Talking about uh, um, creation mm. and looking at. Jed had said to the kids when we were, they were younger, just explaining to them about evolution, you know, homeschooled. So mm-hmm. we want our kids to know that there's something else out there that people believe. And um, they, they didn't understand. They didn't understand it. And Jed said, well, basically, it's like you taking your Lego set <laughs> and you throw it up in the air. And when it hits the ground, it comes down as the set. And how many times would you have to throw your Lego set up in the air before it's going to come down, put together the way it's supposed to be? There is not a single time that you could you could do it until you die every day for every minute, and it would never come down. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and it's not even a... Not, I mean, it would be more like random Legos that you throw up yeah. and they come down as, as, as something. It is... Uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit some of the challenges. And I, I like to tell stories about, like, Maybe sometimes where I fail, um, you know, there was a there was a guy named Mark um, that I went to a conference with, and uh, and he's an atheist, pretty very very smart guy, very arrogant atheist. Um, we've had various a lot of conversations, and I was prayed up, I was ready to, to to talk to him about Jesus, and and I just remember that I allowed myself to get into a um, to a, uh, a a debate about evolution. And now we talked for six hours about evolution, right? Um, and it it and once again, and and please don't take these things like perfectly black and white, right? Don't say Robert said that you should never do apologetics, right? That's not what I'm saying. But but I realized that that I spent six hours with him on apologetics arguments, and we never really talked about Jesus, and and I was just broken the next morning. So I, I called him on his cell phone at 7 a.m. and I said, I need to talk to you for breakfast. I said, I know it's early because we talked until like 3 a.m. Um, and, uh, and, and I just, we sat down and I just told him, I said, I just, I've been broken about the fact that, that, that I've not done what I wanted to do. I said, I want to talk to you about Jesus and we're not going to talk about you know, mitochondria and messenger RNA and, you know, proteins and all this, you know, this kind of stuff. I said, I'm going to talk about Jesus. And I, I, you know, I just shared in the gospel. And now, to be honest, he's a hardened, hard-hearted atheist. He was like, good for you, Robert, but not, not for me, right? But, but the reality of it is, is there are times when we can, we can get distracted from, and I'm not saying you don't, can't ever have these conversations, but but there are times when it's like, if your intention is to share the gospel, try to find a time to share the gospel and not allow. Um, it, it's a tough one, right? One of the things um, that I always, I used to always do. So I went to another, I used to go to another church, and my um, my standard approach was, I am not going home until I share the gospel with someone. So on Wednesday night, right, big youth, I worked in youth ministry. Um, I was like, I'm I'm not going home until I've shared the gospel with somebody. And I'm talking specifically shared the gospel, not not like I just did, but um, 
and uh, had a gospel conversation with someone. Um, and sometimes that was hard, right? Because I would have a decent amount of inten- intentional conversations with people. And sometimes they go wonky because you're talking to an atheist who just wants to talk about whatever, some science thing. Um, or you're talking to somebody who's I mean, just a lot of different things. Um, and uh, But that was one of my commitments um, was... I'm not going home. And there was just one time where it was like, <laughs> I got distracted doing some logistics stuff at the church, cleaning up something, somebody had thrown up or something, you know, whatever, something happened. Um, and then I had to get all that stuff cleaned up. And then I got done with it and everybody was gone. Cause usually I would just joke around with parents. We didn't do parent orientation. I'd say, if you want your kid to hear the gospel, just be late. Cause if they're the last one or two kids, and if I haven't had a chance to talk, I mean, they're going to, they're going to hear it like, Bleh! you know, um, but uh, but that night it was one of those where it was like oh, I didn't I never shared the gospel I got busy right you know and it was so funny because I'm like I'm not going home so I like went to Wendy's and I just said I'm just gonna sit and gonna find somebody and it, the funniest thing was it was some kids from church who showed up <laughs> so so hey Mr Robert hey Troy how are you you know and then but it was it was cool stuff I, so I think one of the things that you'll you'll hear from me um, a lot is about intentionality. It's about finding the thing that God has called you to do and then then equipping yourself and being intentional about it. Um, so if you if you know basically what you that's the pattern you're going to hear for the rest of the 4 weeks. It's going to be just talking about various models of intentionality, whether it's family or coworkers or you know, strangers or whatever, it's all going to be, um, do you have a heart? You have a, a, your eyes, you have ears and a mouth, um, with an intentional heart to share the gospel. And, uh, so that's what we're going to talk about mostly. Um, and, uh, I meant to actually have some notes. So if you're like a visual person who likes to have notes, I'm very sorry. I have one copy because I couldn't get to the copy machine. Um, but, uh, um, because my printer at my house is really, really bad. Um, so, you can take a picture of it. You're like a phone person. No, I don't know. But y'all could have that. This is, uh, these are notes um, for today. And we've covered number one and number two. And it's 709. Um, so, um, so, the first thing we want to talk about, though, is, is a heart for the gospel. Are these on, can you email these to us? Oh, absolutely. The, let's talk about the heart, a heart for the gospel. Um, so, um, so why do we share the gospel? How would you answer that? Because God has so graciously shown me mm. that I should share it. Mm. Jen and I were talking yesterday because he was burning something. And it was a really big fire, like debris fire, and it was really hot. And my 11-year-old said, <clears throat> boy, that's terrible that people are going to be in hell forever. Mm. And um, I said to Jed, because we've had this conversation about how it's really hard to conceptualize hell and really think that God sends people there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. I, I, I know it in here, mm-hmm. but in here, it it's... It's it's with a righteous judge that he would, but it, somehow it's hard to like really think that people are going to go to hell forever and that their bodies are going to be burned and not consumed and all this and just <clears throat> it's 
it's hard to really truly think that's true, even though we we know it is. Hmm. Know. You know what I mean? I I agree. I agree. So that's true. Um, one of the reasons is because maybe we've received the gift, um, and we should we should want to. Another side of it is that example. I. You know, a simple, sometimes it's helpful to think of these kind of examples of a, of a story. Um, you know, like there are times when, um, and this doesn't resonate. I mean, if somebody's a hardened a- atheist or they're just, their heart's hard, they're not going to like this answer. And you just have to accept that. Um, but here's a simple example. Like, because I've talked to people, strangers, and just walked up to them and, and they're like, how dare you just interrupt me? And I said, look, I have a message of life. And you're moving, you're, you're just like if there was, if I saw a blind man walking with a stick with the red end on it and he's tapping and he's walking towards the edge of a cliff, am I allowed to yell? Stop? Am I allowed, am I allowed to interrupt his time in order to stop him, to help him from not walking over a cliff? And, and of course, of course, I'm talking about the same thing, but at an eternal level, I, it, I know you don't believe me. It's okay. That the the blind guy may not have believed me that there was a cliff in front of him. I, but, but that's that's what my heart is. I'm just telling. I'm sharing you my heart. I, I don't make any money. I mean, it's not like I'm doing this because there's some power trip, or I'm I'm not asking you to come to my church. I'm not asking. I'm not asking for money. I'm just trying to share with you the way of life, the way of eternal life. So. Absolutely. That's one. Um, you gave two good ones, kind of on the two extremes, right? One is the, I mean, the reality of, of, of hell. Um, and I think we should, we should. I, it scares me when people talk about, because I, I certainly don't see this in churches. I, I listen to a decent amount of sermons. I hear people when my MC group has talked about this and they said, well, there's just too much hellfire and brimstone preaching in, in Atlanta. And I'm like, what church are you going to? Well, I mean, I guess there might be some really tiny churches, like, you know, in, I won't be, you know, some little Christian church in Winder where there's just like, there's a preacher, you know, but but the vast majority of, okay, all the mega churches, none of the mega churches pretty much are, are preaching that. Um, even the ones that I may even like probably aren't preaching it that much. So it's just an interesting thing when I hear that. Um, why else? Why else do we uh, share the gospel? God commands us to, and He's chosen to make us the vessels to. Get the gospel to the world. It's kind of, I mean, if if I wanted to guilt you, I mean, that's definitely it, right? One of the, you know, um, one of the verses that I listed was Romans. Um, it's uh, Romans ten fourteen, um, which uh, which is very which is one of these. You probably heard it before. Um, I don't want to actually read it, so in case I don't want to screw it up. Um, but um, Romans ten fourteen. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how how shall they preach unless they are sent? Um, As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Um, And I, I think it's just remember what you have. You have a message of hope and of salvation. Um, and even if someone rejects it, there, you know, it's you, you're still if if your motives are right, you're you're doing what God has called us to do. And I, I, 
without, I don't really know, there actually, there's a lot of debate about whether Thomas Aquinas ever said this, but, you know, the people who say, you know, um, you know, whatever it is, share the gospel every day when necessary, use words. There's nothing in scripture, I mean, that, that says that is true, that, that, okay, lifestyle evangelism, yes, live your life worshiping God and, and, and reflecting his grace and his glory. Sure. I will say, I, and I don't necessarily do that very well. I have had one person in my life walk up to me and say, there's something different about you. Could you tell me about it? I've had one person. I don't, I don't, I don't live that holy and great of a life, I guess. So maybe there's other people that might get three or 10 or something like that. But, but the reality of it is, um, my be- okay, I'll tell stories. My best friend in high school, my college, my best friend in college, I got saved. He's, he would have, he grew up Methodist, but it was very much a business. It was sort of that, you know, it's that, you know, you wear a starch shirt, you, it's the cultural thing to do. Um, no faith in his heart. Um, and I tried subtly to share the gospel with him for years. And then finally I, I, I said, I, I, I just have to sit with him and go, I have failed to do what God's called me to do in my life with you. So we're not going to talk about anything else until I, I, I do this. So I, um, and I, I shared, I shared the way of salvation. I, some of, you know, how God used has, has changed me, um, and all of that sort of stuff. And, and the crazy thing was his, his response was, and he's a good guy. I mean, I'm not, not, not good. Like he's not holy, but he's not a horrible person. Um, and, and he, he had two responses to me. First was, if this is so important to you, why did it take eight years for you to share? Second, Robert, you were a pretty good person before. I'm not sure I saw, I've seen that much difference. So um, both are pretty condemning. The first one is more, more so, right? That, that I, you know, I should have spoken about Jesus and the cross specifically rather than relying on, on just sort of, um, yeah, whatever, osmosis, right? It's like, well, you know, maybe Jesus will just leak out, you know, right? Um, it, just, it just doesn't. And, and just my experience is that the world is a bunch of people that claim their own goodness, right? People will proclaim their own goodness. One of the things that, that Way of the Master really likes is they start the question is, would you consider yourself to be a good person? It's a great icebreaker question. I will tell you that almost everybody says yes. Almost everybody will consider themselves a good person. Um, and, and what they're doing is they're comparing themselves to, to the worst of the people you that they know. Jail. Well, and, 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 they're, and they're just giving themselves an awful lot of benefit of the doubt. I, think about what you do. Maybe you're not like me. Okay, I'll think about what I do when I drive. If I'm driving in the, down the interstate and the car in front of me drifts a little bit out of their lane, my immediate response is ah, another one of those people texting while driving, not paying attention, right? Now, if I drift out of the lane, it's like, yeah, I got to get that alignment fixed or whatever, right? It's some excuse. It's not, it's not, you know, I'm looking at them at judgment and I'm expecting grace, right? I'm like, yeah, sorry, oops, you know, messed up, you know, I dropped something, got distracted and I'm expecting grace, but I'm casting judgment on the other, right? Which is how we live our lives. We live our lives that way. Um, and, and I think sometimes when we, when we think about sharing the gospel with people, um, the couple of things that we always want to work on, be really, try hard to not 
be condemning, to not be judgmental about them. Let them judge themselves as best as you can. This is one of the reasons that I think it's easier to share the gospel with a stranger. So, once again, don't take it as a, you know, Robert says, we should, you know, whatever. I'm just telling you, I have, and, I, and once again, I'll tell stories. I have, I've, I've certainly shared the gospel with everybody in my family. I think I tried to, most people. My family is from Maryland. I shouldn't say it that way. Um, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, oh. I have a decent amount of false converts in my family, I think. So, so I've shared the gospel. Like my dad, my mom is one of those that, man, I just don't know. I, I've, 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 I've talked to her. I've written. I've tried to just say, I'm going to write a letter. And, and her answer always is, Robert, I'm good. That's the answer I was good. I'm good. Right? Not, not that she's a good person, that she's good. Like, that, she's, that she's, she's good with God is what she would basically kind of say. And I'm like, but this is why this is so hard. Because when it's family, if I go, I don't think you are, I'm, I'm judging my family. There's no way around that. If I'm talking to a stranger, I can go, are you sure you're good? Like, how do you know you're good? Because that's easy as a stranger, because I don't know anything about them. So they, they don't presume that I'm judging them, right? I'm having a conversation with them, and I'm, I'm trying to dig a little bit below the surface. But, but they're not looking at me as, as how dare you judge me, because you knew that, whatever, I got pregnant when I was 16, or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about you, right? But when you do it with family, it's a little bit of a different world. And we'll talk a little bit more detail about techniques and ideas and um, about that. So, any other things about why we share the gospel? Y'all are, y'all are like superstars. I love you guys. Do what? I was going to say, yeah, it's, I, I mean, there's the guilty things, right? Because you don't, I mean, it's God's plan, right? And, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time debating, you know, Calvinism, Arminianism. Here, here's, here's, here's my very simple. Because just so y'all know, I mean, I'll go ahead and be really straight up. I'm, I'm pretty much a five point Calvinist. Um, but, but that doesn't really matter because I heard somebody say this, and this is, this is how I, how I act. I, 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 I plead like an Arminian, and I pray like a Calvinist. So, there's, I don't believe there's anything wrong with, with, with. Maybe begging is a wrong word, but for pleading with somebody to come to salvation. I don't How share. Pray? Do what? How do Calvinists pray? Oh, okay. When I say pray like a Calvinist, that means God is sovereign. God is in charge of salvation. And, oh, okay. and, and I'm going to leave it to him right. for, for, for true salvation to happen. But I'm going to plead for somebody to come. If that makes sense, I'm going to, as best as I can, communicate the gift of the cross and, and the need for it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe even emotionally, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to try to manipulate. I'm not, but, but I'm going to do that. But then I'm going to leave it to God. And then we can talk about that too. That's more later on. And we'll talk a little bit more detail about that. I will tell you, that's one of my biggest challenges when I, when I sit in a, with, with somebody is I, I struggle. Okay. I served in youth ministry for 22 years. We generated a lot of false converts. And just, it's the, it's sort of the churn of the church. It does that. Now, now let me be really clear. I, that doesn't mean you don't 
share the gospel and you don't try to have people get saved and you don't baptize people and you don't go on a youth retreat and you, you know, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that one of my biggest challenges is I, I struggle with not wanting to ever give a false affirmation of a salvation. That's just a personal struggle. And I, I would ask you guys to think about what are the weak, what are the things, the blind spots or the challenges that you might have when you're sharing the gospel that, that you go, what, what am I going to do? Am I the kind of person that, that wants to affirm it? And why? Be careful, right? Because if, if, you're trying, if you're affirming of salvation really, really fast, make sure that it's not so that you feel good. Yeah. I mean, just to be, I, I don't, okay. like, is that oh, fair? Okay. Yeah. Okay, you, you go yeah. to church. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, I know who Jesus is. Oh, good. Right. I, know, that, know that I'm obnoxious. I'm from the North, and, and I'm an obnoxious. So here's one of the things. And I, Okay, I'm going to do it. Who wants to volunteer? I need a volunteer. I'll do it. Okay. All right, Jane. Jane. Yeah, Jane. Here, here we go. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's the question that I would do five minutes before church started. I'd walk around the church at another church. Um, and I should do it here. And, um, and here's what I'd do. I'd say, you got two minutes. I just slit my jugular shaving. I'm about to die. I'm bleeding out. Tell me how to be saved. Go. Oh, you want me to do this? Go. I'm bleeding out. I'm going to start the timer. Um, so here's the deal. Um, I don't know about you, but I have messed up a lot in my life. <laughs> Somebody told me that you bleed out much faster than two minutes. So. Yeah. Okay, go. Sorry, that didn't count. So... Um, what do you think about your own life? I mean, I know you're bleeding. I don't know. I'm about to now. die. <laughs> what do I need to do? How do I get saved? So. I'm going to die. So, You've got a minute and a half I'm left. fading. So we've all sinned. I've sinned. You've sinned. We all fall short of God's standard of perfection. And the only way that we can come to know um, the gift of salvation that he's given us is um, through Jesus. And praise God that he sent Jesus to be um, that redemption for us and, and to, to save us from the, the bondage that um, the enemy had us in sin. And so he came, he died, and paid the penalty that we should have paid. Um, and it's, it's a free gift for us, his salvation, his grace. And um, so I don't know about you, but a free gift sounds pretty good to me. And it's Grants hope for eternity and life forever. Okay. What do I cool. do? How do I respond? Yeah, 45 seconds. How do I respond? You still have 45 seconds. What do I need to do? And I'm not, I, I, I know no, the question of what do I need to do is a tough one because it's like, okay, never mind. Yeah, no, but basically just believing that. I mean, does that, do you believe that to be true as you're believing that? Believe what? Do you believe that Jesus came um, and... I believe he was a guy. Do you believe that he was the perfect... He's officially dead. I think I'm officially dead. No, you're doing... You did good. You did good. So so I would encourage you, especially parents. Okay, so before I ever asked anyone in my church, I asked my kids. So we homeschool, right? I asked my eight-year-old son. I said, "You you got a minute. Share the gospel. Go. And, 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 and work on it. And, and, and it's not a, it's not a like, you know, because like another game you can play is try to tweet, I was 144 characters, whatever it is, try to tweet 
the gospel, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes the problem is we get we get legalistic about it, and we're like, oh, you know, um, you know, uh, but whatever. But it is it is a very good thing. So let me finish the story about walking up to someone, a member of our church, the thirty years, she had a twelve year old daughter who was in my Sunday school class, and I walked up and asked her that question. That woman ripped me. Wait, like, what questions so I asked her, I asked the 12-year-old daughter, I said that question. I got, I got a minute and a half to live, share the gospel with me. How do, how do I get to heaven? And she stumbled, and she didn't know, right? And she got, you know, she felt bad. And the mom ripped me. And these people are professing Christians, husbands, a deacon in the church. I mean, this is, so this is, these are, I didn't walk up to some, I didn't, you know, these are people that come every Sunday to church that, and, and, not only did the daughter not know the gospel, because then I, I sensed it, and I stopped. I said, okay, okay, okay. Mom, go. <laughs> so, and, and she's like, how dare you embarrass me in church? And, and I'm like, what? By asking you to share the perfect gift of salvation that you claim to have received? What, what, what did I do? This should be a glorious time of worship. Right? And, 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 and I know that may be a little obnoxious. I get it. That's me. Um, but, but I would encourage you to think about that. If, how do you sharpen, how do you hone that skill okay, Robert, to be able to do it? I got, I got, <laughs> my throat. I got a bit yeah. half. What Tell me the gospel. <laughs> you have sinned. If you look at God's holiness, you have lied, you have stolen, you have, you have, these things, these things have mounted up the wrath of God and the only way for you to be saved by a righteous judge who cannot let sin go by is to be washed and cleansed by the only perfect salvation that could be happening, a substitute that was for you, that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth. He was God and man. He was God with us. He, he lived a perfect life and was a perfect sacrifice on the cross. And he died and rose again on the third day so that your sins could be forgiven through his blood when God gave, poured his wrath on his son instead of you. If you would, if you would trust that Jesus Jesus Christ did that for you and repent of your sins, you will be saved. Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! So, I, something like that. And and it's, you don't want to make it such a game and such a, that's why I like the tweet thing. Sometimes we get so wrapped around the mechanical acts, you know, it's like, oh, it's 144 characters. But what I would say is, be thinking about what are the words. And then obviously, you know, without, without getting into all the, Know that you use too many churchy words and people get all wrapped up around that. I, I think it's, okay, many, many judgmental aspects of me. Um, people say, well, I just can't handle these, these tough words like repent, right? It's like, okay, you just went to a doctor who told you that you had rheumatoid arthritis and you may not have known what that really meant. So you Googled that and you spent 10 minutes reading about rheumatoid arthritis. And then you went and you looked at the medication because they told you to take whatever, Xenophafen, and you figured out how to Google that and you read an article about whether that's a good pill or not. I'm like, please do not tell me that you aren't smart enough or able enough to understand the concept of repentance. You don't care. Let's, let's call a spade a spade, right? You, you know every, every five-star athlete that is now it's being recruited that's a junior in high school for UGA. You know what school they go to. You know that how far they can jump. You know their 40 time. 
Please don't tell me that you don't have the intelligence to understand the gospel. You're choosing to not. So, y'all will be nicer. But understand, it's okay. We're talking about eternal salvation. It's it's okay to teach, to be serious about it sometimes. When people just make a casual comment about things, it's like, no, you, you, you can. You can know it better than this. You're a smart person. I, and, and it's, it, it, you know, sometimes it's, it's cool to just, you can just ask those questions, especially if you know people. You're like, I mean, if I know that they're a UGA Bulldogs fan, I can go, how many five-star recruits did they get this, this uh, you know, this uh, signing class? And they go, oh, there's, there's 22, right? You know, they're ranked number one by the by this and this, and you know, they beat out, right? And and it's like, and they'll go off into all this detail, and and boy, you ought to see that sophomore that they see from Seattle. There's a sophomore, he's got a gun for an arm, and he's, you know, I'm like, you're a pretty smart guy, aren't you? You, you can, you can learn Romans Road. You can learn something, right? I, you know. It's so. It's just an interesting thing. I, um, I, I think. Uh, I don't know. Just, just thoughts. Thoughts as we as we ramble through various topics. Um, the, um, I'm gonna skip some of these. Um, let me let me just give you because I'm trying to make sure we we do look at some scripture, right? Because I don't. I hate it when we're not doing. I'll send the notes. Um, please, 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 please. Strive for love to be the primary motive for sharing the gospel. Now, let's talk about love of what? It can be, like you said, love of the gospel. I've received this gift of the gospel. I love the gospel. I want to share it with others. That's one. Love of God in all kinds of, manifested in different ways, right? Um, that, that I want to share it. Um, but really the most important one, and this is the hardest, is loving the other person. Um, because if, if, and I'll ask you guys, why do we not share the gospel? Give me some reasons why we don't share the gospel. Fear of what the other person's going to think of us. Mm, okay. Fear of what the other person's going to think Fear of you. Fear of not having all the answers. Mm-hmm. Or yep. Mm. Freak. Yep. Maybe judgmental. Only sometimes it's like, you know, how dare you judge me? Or whatever. Like, uh huh. All that stems from the pride thing. Mm hmm. Let me go even more basic than that. And this is what I always tell people. And it's not, there's no easy answer for this one. You love yourself more than you love them. Right. At a very simple level, pride is just loving yourself. <laughs> It's just loving yourself. So, you know, when, when, when we, we're told um, to love others as we love ourselves, right? I, it, it presumes that you love yourself already. It's not like there's not a whole instruction manual in the Bible about how to love yourself because you, you're good at it. I mean, we're, you know, a general, we're generally pretty good at loving ourselves. Um, so so the, 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 the thing that I would encourage you to do is to struggle through that it's it is not easy um but how do i how do i prepare my heart to try to love the other person more than myself so and and here's what i would tell you this is i mean these are techniques i use 
there are those times when I just have to have blind obedience. Struggle, pray for just blind, dumb, reactionary obedience. Because let me just be, here's, I mean, you guys might be so much more spiritually mature than me, than me and you might just have this all worked out. But, but here's, here's, here's how I, I kind of have to work. Um, I'm generally going to love myself more than I love somebody else. But there might be flashes of times when I, I, I submit enough that there's enough of a little spurt of love for the other person that if I can just, I, I just have to work to be obedient at that time. Um, so here's a stupid example. I, I, I give you all stupid examples all the time. Um, there's a, a lady in my MC group. I won't give your, her name, although I'll write his name on the card that we'll talk about in just a second. Um, but her son um, is... is Definitely sort of agnostic, um, but he comes to church, good good son, all this kind of stuff. And she comes to our MC group, nobody else in her family does. Um, so I've known about that situation for a long time. Not exactly sure how old he is, maybe 13 or 14. Um, and uh, so, so, so I've wanted to talk with him. So just so you know, I mean, I, I've had a, I've talked to probably over a thousand teenagers one-on-one or one-on-two or three um, about spiritual topics. So I've, I've done a lot of this, right? So I have a heart for this. It's something that I've, I've just done over the years. I'm old, so you know, I've had a lot of opportunities to do it. Um, and, and this is one of those kids that I've wanted to talk to, and I've never had a, a, a good opportunity that, okay, I've never taken the right opportunity to talk with him. So it was just funny. Um, so we're at church and he's sitting over there and he always gets up and goes to the bathroom sometime during the sermon and he gets up and goes to the bathroom and I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm just leaving. And just so you know, it's a pet peeve of mine because I have thousands of pet peeves that as an adult, I don't need to get up and go to the bathroom during a church service. I can hold it. I can make it. So my bladder is strong enough that I didn't have to go. But, but I'm like, I'm going to talk to him. I'll tell you his name's Lucas. So I, I'm going to talk to Luke. I'm going to, I'm going to, so I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to put my Bible down in my chair and I'm going to walk out that door and go to the, cause I'm pretty sure that's where he's going. So I go to the bathroom and then, um, and he doesn't really want to go back to church. So I go to the bathroom, I get done. I'm, you know, so I'm like, I'm going to stand out here and, and I'm like, I'm going to have a conversation with him. So I have to just sort of stand out there, right? Wait for him. And he, he takes a long time in the bathroom. I don't know what, not, not because, I think it's just cause he didn't want to go back into church, not because he was having a biological issue. Um, but so it's just so hilarious because I'm just standing there at one of the tables, just like, you know, listening to the sermon. And, and but but the whole goal was for me to have an intentional conversation. So so I had a quick conversation. I made sure he knew who I was. And, I, you know, I talked to him a little bit. I could tell that he didn't really want to talk to me much. It was time for him to go in, back into the church. So so then so that was the beginning of the conversation. Right. Nothing deep. No deep. He didn't, I didn't share the gospel. None of this, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so so here's what I did. So I'm sitting in church. And I get a million-dollar bill out, right? And I write a note to him. And I say, you know, Lucas, just so you know, when I was your age, um, I didn't believe in God at all. Um, I'm praying for you. I, I want to talk with you at some point. Let me know when you can. Here's my number. It's just so you know, in his situation, um, his mom is, is a professing believer. No, no reason to believe she's not a Christian. Um, her husband is a, is a rejecter of God. Very difficult situation for a, a wife to live in a, a household where the husband is, um, is, is against God. Very difficult for her. Um, and, uh, and then she has a son who's following in the path of her father, um, her husband. So, 
So I want to make sure that he has someone who has the opportunity. Um, so so it, that's the beginning of it. You know, nothing else. I'm not trying to, not trying to, please, if y'all think there's any of this that's like trying to be prideful, uh, you know, you don't know how. I'll tell you that quick story too. Um, so just so you know, I, I don't know. Is this at all helpful stories? No, okay. Because cause I, I struggle with notes because here's, here's an example of, a, a, these are the stories that, so I've taught a lot of evangelism classes um, and, and I've, I've, I've done a decent amount of this sort of stuff, right? And, and I was walking by at my old church, um, walking by a senior adult lady Sunday school class. I've known the teacher there. He taught Sunday, that taught Sunday school class for like 20 years. And, um, and just, I'm just walking by and he just, he said, well, Robert, Robert, come in here. So he calls me in and I go into the senior adult Sunday school class. And he's, and this is what guy's name's Thad. He says, this is Thad. Thad says, um, y'all, I just want to make sure you know that Robert, Robert is, is the best evangelist of anybody I've ever known. He's best at sharing the gospel. He's got a heart for sharing the gospel and all, and he's just saying all this stuff and just, cause that's just, so here's, here's what I said. And he was shocked by my answer. I said, Thad, do not ever put me on a pedestal. God may be calling me to share the... Let me just tell you, I'm not, a, I, I'm not statistically keeping this you know, up to date, but I bet I am less than 10% obedient to the call of God that He's placed on my heart to share the gospel with other people. So I'm batting 100. I mean, if I was a baseball player, I'd be batting 100. I'd be cut. So don't ever think that just because you see me sharing the gospel, it could be... God is, in this season of my life, God has given me opportunity or, or the tools or the, or the heart to do this. But I am so not obedient to the call of God in my life to share the gospel. So yeah, I may do it quantitatively a little bit more than you, but don't ever think that, that, that what you're doing is, is less important. So, and, and he was just sort of shocked because he was just like, I thought you were just going to say thank you, right? Mm-hmm. But... Um, but so what I would I would tell you is 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 understand that struggle, um, and 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 just be be realistic about it. What what are the struggle like thinking about those things, uh, all those fears right about why we don't share the gospel? Some of those fears are imminently overcomable, and then other ones, suck it up. You're gonna screw up. You're, you're not going to answer a question that you feel like you're, you know, this is going back to the, the plead like an Armenian and pray like a Calvinist. So, cause I used to kill myself. I would kill myself on Wednesday night going, why didn't I use this technique? Why didn't I ask him that question? Why? Oh, I could have shifted that communicate that I could have controlled that conversation better. Why, why didn't I get to Jesus faster? Why didn't I, you know, and, and I ultimately got to the point of going, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the arbiter of salvation. Um, I am the vehicle to, disp- to, to proclaim the message. And oh, by the way, as a Calvinist, sometimes it's really cool about election and things like that because you can go, look, I, I did the best I could. I'm, I'm a faulty servant, um, but you're a perfect God that can save. Um, so here's another dumb story. Um, there was a girl who was... Man, just militant atheist. Um, very, very arrogant in her view. And I spent, I spent all of two nights in a youth And we had a long Wednesday night. Like from like 5.30 until 8.30, two nights in a row, 
doing nothing but talking with her. Nothing. We didn't even go upstairs. We didn't do the worship thing. Nothing. I had somebody else cover my, you know, my boys, you know, seventh grade class. And because, because, you know, I could look at people and go, I handle it. I'm going to talk to her. So six hours of talking about Jesus. No response. Fail. Oh, just what a waste. I'm just a. Um, and then we ended up leaving that church, to be honest, recent, or I mean, right up, pretty soon after that. Um, and I'm sitting in an MC group now that we're at Emmaus um, at the Abernathy's MC group. And I get a text from the youth pastor. And he says, Robert, this girl had never come back to church other than the two times. She came back. That was the first night she came back. She asked about where I was. So it's a tough situation. Stephen handled it fine. I went to First Baptist Beaufort, if you want, if you care. Um, and, uh, and, and she just said, she said, I, I have not been able to forget those conversations we had. I'm not able to move on. I can't. I, I need to be saved. And she walks straight up to Stephen, and she's like, I, I need to be saved. And... And so he just texts me this. And he, I'm sitting in Abernathy's MC group, and I'm just like crying. I'm just like bawling my eyes out. Because um, I'd forgotten about her. I mean, to be honest, I, it's not like I prayed. I mean, I'm not making some deep spiritual thing. I prayed for her. She's on my list. And I, yeah. No. Um, with her, I thought it was a failure. To be honest, I thought it was a failure. I, you know, I, I, I gave her my best, and, you know, well, you know. Um, so what I would tell you is just don't, just just be obedient, right? That's what God calls us to communicate His gospel. And let Him handle the rest. Let Him handle the rest. Um, and don't, don't kill yourself about methods and, oh, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, you know, it's okay to look back and go, all right, maybe I, maybe I could tighten that up a little bit. Maybe I, you know, those kind of things are fine. But, but don't let it, don't let yourself get so discouraged. Um, because you, you, you think in retrospect, like that's what my wife always says, Carrie, she's, <laughs> she's like, she says, she always tells me, she's like, I'm, I'm really, she's not me. She's really smart. Um, but it just takes her like 30 minutes to formulate her response. Right. Whereas I'm not that smart and I just blah, right, right out. And, and she's, you know, so this is really a struggle for her because when, when she's, I'm like, we've had these conversations. She's like, Robert, I just can't, I can't do this because I'm just not that quick on my feet. And, I, you know, I'm like, just, just love them. Love them. To, it, like, I remember which one of y'all said it, but do you truly love the gospel that you, the, the salvation that you've received in Christ? Like, is it an emotional I mean, not everybody responds the same way. But is it an emotional response when you think about the gospel? And if not, think about it some more. However you want to do that. Study it if you're an intellectual. Study soteriology and, 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 and think about it. If you're more of a relational person, go have coffee with somebody and just sit and talk about the gospel. Deep. Deeper than ABCs. And, and it... It should build up a love for the gospel that you want to share. And I think you said it. You said it. That's right. So, that you want to share it with people. So just that's just a technique. Uh, you know, um, is do you do you talk to people about the gospel? I mean, even if it's people, just it doesn't have to be people that you think are lost. Like just um, 
It is one of my most common thing is, things is if I get into a disagreement with somebody about theology, I always go, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is going in a dangerous place. Let's stop. How are you saved? Now, sadly, we can get into a disagreement about basics of, of salvation, and that's a different topic. Then we get into her- heresy, right? Pretty much. But, but in general, let's reset. Let's talk about how are you saved. And, and make that a worshipful experience. Sit at Cracker Barrel, I don't care, Waffle House or whatever, and, 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 and you can have a worshipful community in Christ talking about salvation. So, and that should build up that love um, that then you want to share it. And it's okay to be a little bit sneaky. Like when we're, when we're at Cracker Barrel, um, there are times when my, I let my voice get a little louder because I look, you're aware. Like, it, I, am, I am intensely aware of the fact that we are in a public location and we are talking about the things of Christ and we have Bible sitting in front of us and I, am a, and I sit, I always sit in the same seat because I get there really early. I sit in the back corner so I can see and I can see when somebody's annoyed or listening or whatever and, and I just, it's okay. Even that, passive sharing of the gospel, Right? To somebody who's listening in, things like that. Um, but part of that is the awareness, right? It's that I have a gift that is amazingly great. Can I find a way for some people to hear it, right? Because I, I love it when I talk with somebody, and you can tell that God's all over them. Because I talk to somebody and they say, man, I was... I was at Cracker Barrel, and I heard some guy talking about Jesus on Saturday. And then, you know... And then I, I happen to see him at Waffle House and, you know, I give him a tract or something and I'm like, hey, what do you know about Christmas and Easter? And just simple questions, you know, and just talking about things. And then, and then people's response, it's like, you're like the third person who's asked me about Jesus in the last month. It's like, hmm, you know, then talk. That's when you, you, you go. So, all right. Um, so the key thing about when you're struggling with sharing your faith is find a way to love those people. I would tell you just different techniques, like for me. Um, and I, I go through seasons of obedience that are short, more short than they should. And then I go through seasons of disobedience where my, 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 um, my awareness, my, uh, my, my, my radar is not, is not there, right? And my obedience, to be honest, is just not there. Um, but like one of the things that like my kids... When, when, I'm, when I'm doing well, <laughs> here's, here's a simple example. Like, we would go to Six Flags, and I would come, I hate, I don't, I don't really like rides, um, but I love lines. So, so we go to Six Flags, and I'm like loaded to, to have opportunities to share the gospel with people. Um, and I'm always talking to them, I'm like, let's go where there's the longest line which is the opposite of what anyone else would do at an amusement park, right? There, where's, you know, oh, Superman rides gotten, you know, 30 minute wait, let's go to that one. And so like there, I would intentionally, for example, I would, I would bring gospel tracks, but I would, I would, here's, I would have, I'd have these. I'd wear a shirt that had a pocket and I'd carry it right here. I'd carry these in my top pocket. Now the bad thing is they get kind of sweaty in the summertime, but, um, but in that, I'd leave it right there, which means that this much of the bill is showing in my pocket. So there's a stack of million-dollar bills sitting in my pocket. And do you not, you're walking in line, people see them all the time. 
and you just watch as you're walking past, you know, the little crazy, whatever they're called. Um, and you just watch and you see, because you got plenty of time, right? So you're watching and seeing who's noticing it. And then the next time you pass by, pull one out. Hey, did you want one? Million dollar bill. Just leave it at that. And then see if they look at it. And then the next time when you pass by, because you pass by like 18 times, right? If you pick a long line, you can say, hey, it's a, it's a gospel track. You, you know anything about Do you have any spiritual background? Anything? What do you believe about God? I, simple conversations. Um, and just easy, that kind of stuff. So um, those are some of the things, I, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of those kind of techniques. But, but part of that is, is a mindset that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for an opportunity to have a spiritual, an intentionally spiritual conversation. Now, this is more for strangers, right? But it is, it's, it's having those conversations and then letting it go where it goes, right? Um, so, um, wow, I didn't go through all my notes. I'm a failure. Um, so next week, and I'll send all these notes. Um, we're going to walk through a little bit more detail of the gospel of like. And that'll be good, because there's some other people I know that couldn't make it this time. Um, and we're going to look at, so I'll share that, I'll, I'll send it to you, because there's a lot of verses, um, about the, just the different things that we talk about. Um, and, then, um, and then looking at some examples about how we share the gospel. And one of the ways that I always like to look at is how Jesus did it. Um, how did Jesus share the truth of the gospel with us? So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, let me lay out the outline and then we'll talk about some final logistics stuff because I'm going to try to actually finish about 8 o'clock. Um, there are, there's a few things that we have. So one thing is you're going to have homework and your homework is going to be very easy. Um, but here's what it is. Um, and I'll, I'll send these, all these notes to you. The, the homework is this. Read Romans 1, chapter 1 through 3, with a thought towards the gospel, about sharing the gospel. So we'll spend a little time next week talking about how you can use any verses in there. So be thinking about that, about how can I use any of these verses in, in sharing the gospel with people. So Romans chapter 1, verse to 3, the three chapters of Romans. Um, and then the other part of your homework, have a spiritual conversation with someone. Now, I would prefer it to be somebody who's going to test you a little bit. Um, but that's okay if you don't. This is the first week. Have a spiritual conversation with someone. Um, and don't, I don't remember who said it, but don't let it be, do you go to church? Oh, good. I'm glad you go to church. Don't. In all honesty. Can if you if, if you can help it. That's the worst question. My personal opinion. I have a lot of strong opinions. It, it puts you down a really bad path if you start the conversation about about church. So I, I would I would just not go there because it just gets into yeah and the choir's really good and we're having this special and you know, we eat this food and yeah it's like um and, and it, it it just it's harder actually to transition out of that mm-hmm. to something so just I mean you can it's it's not that hard um but um it makes so. it gives a false impression that. Oh, check that off my list. I'm good with God because I go to church. Right. So, so try to have a spiritual conversation, even if it's even if it's somebody that is, um, you know, whatever. Um, It's okay, even if somebody. I mean, there's a verse, and I don't, uh, I don't remember where it is. Um, I think it's near the end of Romans. That um, I actually believe that God 
called me for a season of my life that my primary mission field was to share the gospel within the church. I, I mean, if somebody had asked me, I would say that is because at this previous church that there were there were seriously always opportunities for me to share the gospel with people that needed to hear it. I'll just say it that way, as best as I can say it, right? Um, some of those people were deacons in the church. Um, there, there were people who needed to hear a true gospel. Um, so don't ever, don't think that it has to, it can be somebody in your MC group. It can be, it can be a boyfriend, girlfriend, it can be a child, it can be a mom, or, or, you know. But, but try, you know, try to have a spiritual conversation with, with someone. My goodness, it's, here's an easy way to do it. Oh, I'm so tired because I, I was out late last night because I was at this class at church. It was, it, it's about, it's about sharing the gospel. Do you, do you know, how would you just, how would you share the gospel? What, what is the good news of Jesus? I mean, just, that's a simple conversation. I mean, I'm sorry, not simple. I don't want to make light of it, but. Easy intro. Right. A lot of times people, people feel like they have to come up with some really slick transitional, you know, thing. I will tell you in this world of Twitter and Instagram and you you really don't it, don't overcomplicate it. You can you can seriously, especially younger people, people that are less than like 30, um you can you can really just ask them, "What do you think about Jesus?" <laughs> and they're really okay with that. Um older people they yeah, they they need a little more transition sometimes. But um and uh but younger people, seriously, they, you, so, um, so there you go. Let's let, so that's, that's your homework and I'll send it, um, out to do those things. And, and just know the, the outline that we've got. So we're going to talk about these kind of things. We'll try to do a little bit more structure. Um, I'll try to do better about that, but, um, but ultimately, right. So there's four weeks of this. We'll talk through some of this. And then the last two weeks, we're going to go somewhere. As the second half of the night, we're gonna go somewhere. I, probably the mall, but I'm open. If y'all if y'all have ideas, I'm cool with anything. Um, but we're gonna go somewhere, and we're gonna talk to some people about Jesus. So, um, and I'm not gonna make you do it. Um, we're gonna be gone those last two weeks. Are you? Okay. Just for the second hour. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you have to leave. So, You've got to leave so, early the last two weeks. Um, so, I don't think I told it. I, I tell stories so often, I don't think I told you this story. So youth group, did I tell you about the piercing guy with the tattoos? I didn't tell you about that, right? So, so what I would do on youth trips is I would, to, try to try to show the kids that you can, so we would just like stop, we'd go to Gatlinburg, and we'd stop in Chattanooga right at the mall. And I would t- I'd, I'd pull some of my like eighth graders, and I'd say, all right, here's what we're going to do. You're going to pick somebody for me to talk to. Somebody preferably that just got their food, because you know, and they're, it's not a to-go box. I, you know, here's some of my rules. I'd say, find somebody who's sitting and eating. That's all I care. Pick whoever you want. And, and three or four of us are going to go and we're going to talk to them about spiritual things. And, um, they would always try to pick the scariest person. Always. So they picked this dude who had piercings like crazy, had gauges, um, tattoos everywhere. Neck tattoos just scare me to death, but you know, but just covered in tattoos um, and, and, you know, things, you know, connecting his nose to his ear, all this kind of stuff, right? I don't, I'm not on, uh, whatever. And, um, and I'm, I'm me. I haven't changed that much. I look like me. You know, um, I sit down right across from him and I, hey, you mind if we 
just sit and talk. And say, like, yeah, it's fine. fine. Uh, so we, and we just jump right into talking about spiritual things, um, about Jesus, about, about God, um, about sin and salvation, all this kind of stuff. And I can tell, man, it is hitting him. I mean, he is, he's almost crying, um, talking about how his, his mom took him to church, but that, that there was really nothing to it. Um, and, and just, and it was just, it was just crazy. I mean, he like halfway through it, he's like, hold on for a second. He calls his girlfriend who was living, he was living with, and she was shopping somewhere. And he's like, you need to come here and hear this. And, and we're just sitting there for like, I didn't even get to eat. So we had to go get on the bus. And, and so we talked for like an hour and 15 minutes and, and he clearly heard the gospel. He clearly needed to hear the gospel. I don't know how he responded. Not my job. But, but those kids were shocked that to watch a guy who looked hard weeping, just crying about his sin and about his need for, for, for something beyond what he was living for and, and that he knew he needed Christ. Right? And it wasn't, like, it wasn't anything about what I did. I didn't do anything magical. We got lucky, right? But, but it, it's just, it, you know, it's, I do think the world's getting harder now with the whole LGBT stuff and every Christian's a Trump supporter. And it, it's, gonna, it's, it's harder, I, to be honest, it's harder now than it was five or ten years ago um, because we've been mischaracterized. But, but, but I will tell you, that's even a greater opportunity to let love, like, it's okay. We'll talk about that later, uh, maybe next week. We'll maybe talk even about LGBT stuff and, you know, some of those, because those things bring about some of their own challenges. Um, so, but, because I, I need to wrap up, but, um, but I just want to encourage you. It, it's, it's really a, a state of mind. If, if you're willing to, to, be, to be obedient, just let God work in it. And, yeah, you'll screw up sometimes. It's okay. You'll screw up sometimes. Luckily, you're not in charge. Um, and, and, and God will save who He wants to save. Um, but let me give you let me, some last little instruction stuff. So, um, so there's, there, these are just gospel tracks that I like. Um, let me just, y'all, some of y'all, see, you've seen the red and green. It's great icebreaker. It's a little optical illusion. Um, you swap them and people are shocked that the red one's longer and then the blue one. Great for kids. Obviously, I'm not always going to share the, a five-year-old, I may not always do that, but then sometimes I will, then you transition it to the parents. Um, and, and sometimes as a guy, it's a little tough because sometimes moms think I'm, I'm really kind of some freak. Um, but, but that's what those are. That's what, you hold them like that and it looks like a gospel. Um, I love, these are really easy. Carry them in your pockets. Um, these are great icebreakers, these uh, IQ tests, although they've changed the format of this one. The, I, the, I buy these from uh, Living Waters, um, which is from Way of the Master. But this is one of my favorites. Um, they used to be just as a little card, and now it's like a little tract, which I don't know that I like as much. Um, but um, but it's, a, it's a very simple math thing, and I'll go through. I'll actually demonstrate using some of these tracks. But if you want to grab some of these and just sort of read them and go, okay, do I, would I feel comfortable doing that sort of thing? Um, I've got like a whole box of gospel tracks. So we'll spend more time on tracks later. Um, but if that's a thing for you, I, grab a, a few, feel seriously, and, um, and, and get familiar with them. Read them. Make sure hopefully you're doctrinally aligned. I mean, if you have a disagreement. I actually haven't even read those. Um, they just showed up. Um, so, so that's one thing. Um, and now let's let's talk about the the other. The Book of Mormon at the bottom of my ear. Do what? Shut up. <laughs>
Okay, so so the the last the last simple three things. Here's the three things that we've got. Um, one is if if you have specific questions. Um, so what I want to try to do is every week after this is to try to answer questions like how do you whatever um, or what do you do if somebody says or those kind of things. So I, I do want to I'll, I'll try to send that as an email to everybody or whatever and um, and say hey if y'all have questions that we should just talk about I'm going to try to set aside 15 minutes or so um, it'll probably be more like 10 to just try to pull a card out and answer try to answer questions and I'm not an expert but we'll just talk about it. I'll try to share some stuff and then you guys can share. Um, so So one thing for the little index cards is to write down questions or topics that like scare you or worry you or whatever. How, what, what do you talk about? How, you know, how could a good God have, you know, allow tragedy, uh, whatever things that you think are questions that you might get when a gospel encounter, um, that stress you. Um, and we'll try to, we'll try to deal with that. So that's one thing, three by five cards, questions, topics. Second one, three by five cards, people that you know need to hear the gospel. So I wouldn't. I, I want us to do that before we leave, to write down some names of of people that we know that we need to hear the gospel, and we'll talk about different techniques for doing this. I'll tell a story about. I'll, I'll bring it in, um, but but I would encourage. So before you leave, think of at least one person, preferably a couple more, that are people that need to hear the gospel. So there's like sharpies and there's markers. So that's that's the one thing. And then here's one last thing that I would do. One of those people, God is placing on your heart to be very specifically, you need to share the gospel with them. And so here's what, I, what I've done in the past. Um, one name per card. If there's one person that is really standing out, here's what I want you to do. Grab a poker chip. I know it's kind of goofy, this poker chips. But grab a poker chip, write their initials on that poker chip, and carry it somewhere. Put it in your purse. It's your your poker chip. It is. So so this is this could be multiple people. I'd like to for us to see it and and maybe pray for it. So I mean, if you don't want to put last name, you can't. I don't. Whatever. It's not going to be like out on the wall. I'll tell. I, I have stories about that too. Um, but then if there's one of those people, um, put it on. Put the initials on a poker chip, and um, like forever. Forever. I, I just recently switched wallets. Um, if you had looked at my old wallet and I could bring it in. There was a circle because I carried a poker chip in there with, to be honest, it was CTB, which when I got it, I was thinking of my dad, Charles Thomas Bowen. The crazy thing is, is that my brother's name is Charles Thomas Bowen. My mom's name is Cecilia Trainer Bowen. Um, and after I wrote it, I'm like, I have got to share the gospel with my family. And I actually used that. To be honest, I used the poker chip because I, I took out my wallet. And I said, you see this circle here? This is a poker chip that I've been carrying in my wallet for about five years that has your initials on it. Let me tell you why I have that in my wallet. And I started, that's how I started the gospel presentation, was to share the fact that I had failed by having, that I had not done it. I begged them to forgive me. And I, I said, but, but now we're, we're going to talk about it. Um, so that's just as, as an idea for you to think about. Um, to be honest, all of these things are just methods of intentionality, right? They're just methods of intentionality. So if you don't like any of these ideas, that's cool. Figure out yours. 
What is it that, that encourages you and drives you to feel the calling of sharing the gospel with those around you? Whether they're strangers or family or coworkers or whatever, right? Whatever, that's what you want to find, <coughs> is that sweet spot. So these are just techniques, okay? Um, I don't remember. Oh, let me show you. Well, there's instructions on the back. Oh, there is? Okay. There's instructions. Yeah, so you can hear you. These are yours to keep. But um, here's here's the way I always do it. And, and you know, one of the things you go is, um, I actually have Spanish ones too, which is really cool. But but you do like this. You basically go, okay, which one looks bigger? ¿Cuál es más grande? Yeah, sorry. Um, the blue one. And you're going to say blue, right? And then you go, okay, here comes the magic. Right? And I'm just going to make a big deal. <clears throat> now which one's bigger? Oh, that's weird. And then you look at it and you say red, right? Rojo. Um, rojo. And then you, um, so, and then the cool part about this one with kids is, is you always give it to them. Okay. Okay. Always, don't, so you give it that to them. so weird. So it's just a simple little thing like that. So the, the, there's instructions on one of the cards and then there's a, a simple gospel on it. But, but to be honest, the, to be honest, what I do with it is if you give it, kids, it's a little bit different, uh, but I mean, you can you know, let the spirit lead however you want to, I'm not saying you can't share the gospel with a five-year-old, um, but, but what I would say is the, the, the big challenge with this is, first of all, gospel tracts work even if you don't say a word, so don't ever feel like a failure because like what I do when I get gas at Sam's, one of these goes up in the credit card thing every time I pump gas. I just stick one up there. And I will drive, drive, drive off, <laughs> do anything, or or one of these, or some, whatever I have in my wallet. Um, and uh, so just, but then the other thing is, is that when you hand something, if you feel called, obedient, whatever the right word is, to say, hey, just so you know, that's a gospel track. What do you, what do you, I mean, then go however you want to go, right? You can just jump right into Jesus if you want to. I, I'm not saying like you always have to, you know, start off with hell and wrath and, you know, um, but, but you can have a spiritual conversation with somebody, right? Um, you're already talking to them and you would, to be honest, you'd be shocked about the willingness of people to talk about themselves. And some people know they won't, um, I will tell you, I, I struggle with sharing the gospel with senior adults. I do, generally. I mean, I, I, just, I just do. Um, there was one time when I was like, I'm just going to only talk to senior adults because I feel like I'm failing but because I don't do it. So, I mean, just, you know, because I'm much more comfortable with, with teenagers. Teenagers are easy to, I'm like, you got to be careful what you ask them because they'll just unload, right? <laughs> You know, you don't ask. You don't ask a teenager, "Well, how's your how your how's your parents' marriage?" Well, let me just tell you. Yeah, you know, like she right. Did school counselor. Yes. I mean, yeah. School counselor, right. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just so. All that being said, so these are just techniques, and we'll we'll keep working through some of these. We'll go through more specific examples about using them. We may practice. I, you know. So, um, any other questions? I, I I know I've been random. Sorry. Um, I'm probably not going to get any better. I won't lie. Um, but uh. Yeah, if you've got, yeah. So I'm going to figure out what we're going to do about that. We may put them on a little wall. I, I, want, to, I want to make sure that, we have a, that we're being thoughtful about that. Um, one of the things we will do every week is we will talk about homework items. We will talk about if we had opportunities to share. Um, and then uh, and, and we'll talk about the people that, we, that, that are on our hearts, right? Um, not talk about them, sorry. Um, but just making sure they're... they're present in our minds, right? Um, so all of these tracks are from... 
These are all from Living Waters. There's a, I mean, they, they're pretty creative in the way that they do stuff. Um, I, I still don't understand this one. So, and we'll spend a good amount of time, um, you know, probably ses about three, um, session three, talking about, about tracks, um, about the use of gospel tracks and things like that. Thank you.